This is the Straight Dope Podcast. I'm recording this impromptu based on an email that I got. I read through. It was very thoughtful. Had a lot of really good points. Had a lot of really good questions. And so I'm going to go through the email as a guide, not as a way to say this guy does or doesn't know what he's talking about, because I'm I'm not going to make claims like that, not because of anything that he said, but as a, a motivating guideline for discussion on what I think. And, and he basically just said, you know, I'm curious what you think about this stuff. And I think it's fair to talk about. I don't, I don't, I don't focus on loading because my emphasis and the emphasis of rifle craft in general has nothing to do really with loading or optimizing your rifle system per se, because for the most part, most of us, the source of error that's biggest is the shooter. And the conversations on the internet tend to go towards equipment and loading. And now if you're an F-class shooter or you're a bench rest shooter, then equipment and loading is probably the biggest source of error. And so, or, or, or wind, um, but for field shooters and, and precision long range shooters that do the stuff that I like. And, and then the constellation of other little things that people like to do, like hunter matches, hunting, PRS shooting, sniper matches and stuff like that. I think it all, relates to relates to pretty well so so anyway i'm just going to go through this and see how this goes and a lot of my answers i guess are going to be i don't know but but it's not that i don't know because i haven't explored it um it's i don't know because most of my answers are inconclusive and why do i think they're inconclusive well that's going to be the topic of this podcast so let's see how it goes and then you can give me feedback and i might jump over to the subcast to fill it up with a little bit more specific information but i'm gonna try to be respectful and appreciative of this email because it takes balls to email somebody and i love it when people are really thoughtful and ask and make comments like this because a lot of people really do love and care about loading and that's not something that that i love and, and care a ton about but i do spend at least one day a week trying to learn about loading trying to test some things and see what at least correlates and then what's repeatable and then try to explore the left and right limits of what is good and repeatable to see what takes it out of tune and stuff like that. So, so let's see what, what uh, happens. Um, There was a really interesting point that this kicks off with, and I love it. I feel like sometimes I bring it up in conversations and I'm glad that he did too. He said, go back 20 years and what the reloading process looked like before the internet, before there were magneto speeds, before there were lab radars, before you know, some of these rival powders and, and so on and so forth, so forth. Like how did, how did people do it? Well, the truth is, I don't know. Right. But my guess is most of the stuff on the internet is based off what people did before the internet. And they just keep regurgitating what they've done because, you know, they came out of that echo chamber and then just stayed in it. Like, well, now that I can share, this is what I do. So I would have to make that kind of assumption right off the bat is it probably looks a lot like it does now, but I don't know. That would be really interesting. And I would say that also, you know, if we go back 20 years, the standards for accuracy aren't what they are today. The standards for manufacturing and equipment, the standards for consistency. So, so you know, we're going to have lower standards, but nevertheless, the idea is the same, right? We want to be able to control what we can, and we want to have a system that can perform at a level that we don't have to make up for as much of, of our shortcomings with. And so the desire to have accurate, precise ammunition makes sense, right? That's what we want. And that's probably what people have been doing since, you know, 
I don't know when, when people talk about like BC stuff and ammunition and sniping and all that stuff, it usually goes back to around world war one. And in my opinion, a lot of that stuff is still kind of at that level of world war one. And we're just arguing about it with technology. That's not world war one. Um, so, you know, my guess is what I've seen is people, you know, they, they, they load some sort of a seating depth, you, you know, they, they make a decision. Right. And so he says, uh, here, um, something that I mentioned in a loading podcast a while ago that what I was going to do is I was going to get all virgin brass. I was going to all good good components. I was going to pick a speed and I was going to load to that speed and just try to have the minimal thing. And I realized that there was a problem with that is that you don't, you don't know what a safe speed is for for your caliber. I mean, you could get on the internet, but then you're doing the same thing. If I say I want to shoot 105 burgers at 2,800 feet per second. Like, where did I get that number? I got that number because that's what people are shooting 105 burgers at. And so I'm trusting the process that they used. And so in a sense, I'm trusting the dogma in itself. And so, so I think that there is a problem when you take a bullet weight and a speed and you say, here's the energy, because, you know, I could also say I want a 140 grain burger in my 6.5 Creedmoor going, you know, 3,100 feet per second. But, but again, that's not safe it's not realistic. It's going to have a lot of problems. And so picking a speed first was my initial criteria. And then I realized that all I was doing is validating what other people have done and, you know, basically trying to find a shortcut to get their results without having to do tons of ladders. Now, if you wanted to, that'd be a really good way to do it. And I talked about that with Frank, like go on sniper side, get the threads on the loading that are like 30, 40 pages deep and then, you know, print them out or what I do is print them out. Cause I'm old school. I look for the guys that are credible, that keep talking, that keep posting results, that keep have stuff that, that, and then I look for like how many people are in line with that. Is that hot? Does that seem fast? Does that seem slow? And you can get a really good bell curve on charge weight and, and stuff like that. And that you always have the weirdo that has like the super hot load that, you know, for some reason they're, bullet weight and cartridge is producing speeds that are super fast. And then you always have those guys that are doing it really slow. Um, you know, it costs you away from the extreme limits because you're going to be sacrificing stuff, but the average is a pretty good way to do it. Right. I mean, that that's kind of how humans have developed the culture that we live in and the, the behavior patterns and the, the taboos that we have by basically just following that midline of what works and what doesn't, right? One extreme kills themselves and the other extreme get killed by other people because of their odd behaviors. And we end up acting like we're just one of the pack. And I think that, you know, so, you know, in the, in the bigger life context, following the pack based on all of their results, it's not science for sure. And it is following and it is perpetuating some dogma, but you know, there's some security in that. Um, and it's not, you know, if, if, if all you want are results, then you, you're not curious and you're not testing and you're not interested in tests anyway, right? You just want results. So you just get something that works. So, um, so, so that, that, that's a good point. Like what it was like before, I don't know what it's like before, but then it goes on to, um, like a cause and effect list. And I think that, um, this is where it's a, it's the same thing. So he breaks it down into a list of cause and effects things. And I'm not saying that these are what they are. I'm just, I'm going to read the list. Powder type is going to contribute to standard deviation and muzzle velocity. Powder primer combinations are going to contribute to standard deviation and muzzle velocity. Charge weight is going to contribute to pressure and harmonics. Seating depth is going to contribute to group size, alignment, and interactions with the barrel. 
bullet weight is going to contribute to pressure and harmonics. Bullet balance is going to contribute to group size and flight characteristics. So, you know, that, I don't know where all that came from. I don't know how he came to, to decide that some of those contribute to one thing or another. And, and I, and, and I don't want you to say this is the truth. And I don't want you to argue that it's not the truth because the truth is nobody knows. He goes on to say, um, you know, people like Hornady and applied ballistics are, um, where, where's that thing? And my answer to that is they don't know shit about fuck either because they can't make good ammo (laughs) and they can't produce ammo that shoots really great. And they can't produce the results that the equations they talk about. And there's a difference between equations saying that something's possible and then the product and the ability to deliver the results of the product that you produce. So I don't, I don't see them delivering the results that show the stuff that they're producing actually work in application. I know they're smart, nice guys and, and they've gone to school and they're, and they're, they're convincing and they're, um, I'd probably get along with them. Great. We'd probably laugh and have fun. And I, and I wouldn't say anything insulting, but the truth is none of us know, because if we did, we would never be discussing ammunition because we would just have good ammunition. We worried about something else. Right. I mean, that that's the truth. If, if, if we knew it, all of our guns would be quarter inch or better. All of our guns would have SDs of one or two, and we would be hitting small targets at distance faster and better. And we are still in the stone age when it comes to the level and quality of ammunition. Yes, bullets I hear got better. Bullets I hear are less sensitive to jump. Problem is, if I change my seating depth 30 thou, my hybrids group different. If I go buy Hornady factory ammunition, it has a standard deviation of 30. I'm going to miss targets at a distance because of vertical, right? So the the truth is nobody knows what they're talking about. And that is the motivation for this podcast. I don't know. And none of the experts that you know, know either, or there would be no debate and the market would be flooded with high quality, ultra precise, low standard deviation and we would stop arguing about it. Now, people that say, well, you know, it, it's a chamber spec thing and it's a barrel spec thing. You honestly think that if there was a solution that would produce rifles that shot 0.1 groups because of a chamber spec, that everybody wouldn't be using that chamber spec? Do you really think that steel diameter barrel, if there was a diameter and chamber spec that would match a specific bullet? if it didn't have those consistent results that it wouldn't be the only thing on the market or everybody wouldn't be making that exact same thing. Like, I just don't see that the market is driven by where money goes and money goes to the things that work or the things that people have been tricked into thinking work. And because this stuff doesn't work, everybody could trick everybody into buying the next thing or following the next school of thought or buying a book or listening to something. And and that's the motivation of the straight dope is to say like, dude, let's cut through the crap and think about this. There's a lot of progress that could be made. Yeah. We know math works. We know physics works, but when you take math and physics to industry, the industry products need to work too. And they don't. And even if they did, there's so much shooter error that that's what I'm concerned about. Because even though 
equipment isn't all that good and ammo isn't all that good. Most of us aren't good enough to even shoot that good. So even if we could make a .1 rifle with an SD of one, you're still probably only a one MOA shooter regardless. So let's look back here at uh, this stuff, your powder type, your powder primer combinations. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, you can look at burn rate charts. You can look at manuals, but the truth is I don't know without prior data being shared how you would ever come to that. So you have to rely on someone's data at some point, but then you have to carry that into your testing. I've heard a lot of explanations on powder types, burn rates, pressure, fill, like harmonics, brass, you know, tension, seating, so on and so forth. And I've tested most of it, not in the way that I just did lots of repetitions of something I knew would disprove it, but I, I, I tried to look for something that worked. And then when it worked, I tried to change things to see what would, what it, what would it take to take it out of that. And then if I really took it out of that, what variables change? So I've taken, you know, an optimized loaded cartridge and I've lowered the powder charge. You know, let's say I had some, I'm not going to tell you specific numbers because I'm making it up, but I've, but I, I have logs of tests that I've done like this. Like, okay, if it is case fill, cause I've heard, okay, case fill. So I find an optimal, you know, whatever load and it's got an SD of four. And I just start taking charge weight out of that and seeing how the SD changes. It doesn't change that much for some of my cartridges and, and some things it does. And some of it, I can have very low case fill with a low SD. And when I increase it, the SD goes up. So it doesn't track linearly like that. I mean, it, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. How about burn rates? Well, you know, I can get a lot of bullets going the same speed with different amounts of powder. If I figure out what charge weight it takes to get the bullet going at that speed. And oftentimes when it's going at that speed, the SDs are similar, even though it takes different amounts of powder. So, you know, I, I don't know, is it the speed? Not necessarily because I can get it at that speed by changing the seating depth to change the pressure and if I put less powder and seat the bullet in more, it'll go up to that speed. And so you can toggle the, the velocity by changing your seating depth, not by a thou or two thou or three thou. But, you know, when I do seating depth tests, it's like 30 thou jumps. Like, why the fuck not? Right. Well, all of a sudden it's going faster, but sometimes it slows down. Sometimes when I take a bullet, they say, oh, this is temp stable. I did this with with. um N150 and H4350. You know, they say, okay, well, it was zero degrees here. So I went out and I shot and I was shooting bullets that were like 2740, something like that. So I went out at zero, 2740. The next day I went out, it was 40. It was like 2760. And then I put it in my car and I heated it up to like 80 degrees. It was 2760 still. So then I cranked it up to like 120 and it went back down to 27, like 40. So it, it got slower. I was like, that's weird. So I'll repeat it again, did it again, did it again, did it again. So I didn't, I didn't see the linear relationship with velocity to temperature either. The hotter it was, 
it didn't go faster always. Sometimes the warm it got warmer and then it slowed down. Why? Beats the shit out of me, but I can repeat it. I can do it over and over again. I can show you that my 105 hybrids and my 140 hybrids, if I change, I have a depth that I know on my rounds where if I change it 30 thou, the group changes 50%, right? It goes from three quarters of an inch, you know, or it goes from 0.8 to 0.4 and do it over and over again. Do I want to do it over and over again? No, because I'm just trying to get something that shoots. But when I'm saying like, well, if they're insensitive to jump, but how come they change when I jump them? Okay, cool. Do So I... I don't, I don't know. I think that what we're all doing is testing similar cause and effect relationships. And I think that a lot of the things that are actually causing the cause and effect are manipulated by these inputs from opposing ends of the spectrum, right? So we're adjusting something similar with, you know, two, you know, like, you know, you can adjust the speed of your car with a gas and the brake together. I guess you don't have to just accelerate to some point, but you can accelerate past it and then ride the brake and you don't have to be in third gear to go. However fast you could do it in first maybe, or fifth or, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but some lead to results beyond what you're looking for in better ways. And I think that, that, that that's really the science question of like, okay, I can get these results, but what's next? Like what comes next and which of these explanations carries to the, to the next level, to the next series of questions, not just one, not just to get it to shoot the way that you want it. Because if, if it's just to get it to perform the way you want it, like just do whatever's on the internet and you'll eventually get it because there's no shortcut. Um, all of the things that I read about loading, this will only take you 40 rounds. Bullshit, it took me 200. You know, This will only take me 60 rounds. Bullshit, it took me 200. Yeah, occasionally... If I get a 6BR, it won't take me 40 rounds. It'll take me five rounds. I'll load up those five rounds. You know, I'll see that at 2.40, I'll put 30 grains of N140 in there, and it's going to be a third of an inch, period. There's no load development, right? Just give me a barrel. Give me a bullet and powder. It's going to shoot good, right? There's no load development involved with that. But if you're starting from scratch with something new or you have a different chamber or you have a different barrel or you have something, I mean, occasionally I'll get something and I'll screw with it to be like, oh, I wonder if what I did for this one works with this one. And that's like, well, no, it doesn't. Okay. That's not science then, right? We're still just doing witchcraft and we're still just talking about the same old things and scratching our heads. And again, if all you want is the end result, there's a lot of ways to get there. And I don't think one is right or wrong because if it was, everything else would have gone away because it would work and it would work repeatedly and it would work for everyone. And it doesn't no matter how hard you try to justify your credentials and no matter how you use language, you just cannot produce the results for everybody. And because of that, we're all still guessing and I don't have an answer. Have I tuned? I mean, for two years I took factory ammo that was total garbage and tuned it to shoot at the hunter matches. And there's a lot of trophies that are the product of just grabbing shitty factory ammo and using a tuner to make the group size smaller. It did nothing to the SD. The SD was bullshit. As long as the SD was under 15, I shot it. There was a lot that was over 15, but I knew that the distances that I was shooting SD of 15 was my cutoff. If I could get the group size to like half inch or 0.6, perfect. Usually start out over an inch. 
tuned it, it stayed that way for the barrel. I didn't question it because I was getting the results that I want. What do tuners actually do? I have no fucking idea. And I don't think anybody else does either. And when you listen to guys, like I really appreciated Aaron Hips interview on the modern day sniper podcast when aaron said a lot of barrels you can't tune and that's just the way it fucking goes but a lot of barrels you can and you just go through those rotations and if the group's small and it stays small you know go for it is it are there limits to it i imagine if, i mean if you have shitty factory ammo like you go by horny factory ammo and it groups an inch an inch and a half I haven't found like six, five Creedmoor that I haven't been able to reduce in group size using a tuner. And it takes more or less, you know, like, I don't know, 30, 40 shots or something like that to make sure that it's consistent. And it stays there for the life of the barrel for the lot of ammo. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I don't know how it does it. Could it be that micro adjustment? I'm skeptical, but the flip side is I've seen it work. So I can't deny that it does something, but I also can't really speak to what's actually happening because it doesn't make sense scientifically the way, I, the way I understand, you know, some of that stuff and, and the fact that it's moving in and out by such a subtle amount in terms of mass on the end of the, the, the barrel, um, those effects are very, very, very minor. Um, but again, do we want to explain why? Because that's different than do we want to show that it worked for us? Because if all we're trying to do is show that it worked for us, that's a, that's a different thing. And I, I'm not in the business or care much to explain exactly why tuners work, but I've seen them work. I have a bunch. I've seen them not work, and I've seen them work. I've seen them work more often than not. I've seen them not work on 6.5 PRC ammo. But I think that ammo is just totally helpless. So the takeaway for that is if I wanted to shoot my 6.5 PRC, I would have to hand load at this point because i can't find any good factory ammo for it for the stuff that i like to use it for which is longer range shooting and so you know the 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 criteria that i have set of a sd of 15 for ranges around a thousand yards you know you just couldn't use it for that because it doesn't group that well and it doesn't have that good of an sd but you know you can compensate with with those questions so so i think that that's really fascinating so um let's let's i know it kind of went on a tangent there but um you know, how, how do you test this stuff and show it to everybody? I just don't think it's worth it. Like to tell you the total truth, like arguing about your test and what you did on the internet is probably just totally worthless. If you come up with a system that's repeatable, that'll work for everybody. Um, first of all, it won't take long to be able to do second of all, it won't take long to show people how to do it. And then lastly, everyone will adopt it immediately by the end of next year. If you come up with this solves your loading problems and it actually does, hundred percent of shooters next year will be using your system and technique. I, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is because people want to go shoot stuff. They don't want to sit around, spend money scratching their heads and arguing about, you know, why their shit sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's the way I feel about it. So, um, how do we do this? I don't know. If you figure it out and somebody else can do it faster and as efficient as you, and it's repeatable, then get someone else to do it because if, if that works and then that works and then that works, like share it and, and it's going to spread like wildfire and you will be the most famous loader that the world has ever known. And if you don't, don't feel bad because every single shooter and hand loader on earth is exactly like you. We don't know anything 
about what we're talking about, yet we're going out and using it. It's just like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like literally nobody could do it. Like I just, I feel very confident in being able to say that because if they could, we would see ammo that was that good. And, you know, when I say, oh my God, it's shit hot. Like if the best ammo that I've ever seen that's factory ammo was one lot of burger 73 grain 223. And the whole lot to me had a single digit SD. It didn't group very good. And the burger factory ammo never groups good for my guns, but the SD was low and I just put a tuner on it. So like, how's that for like weird irony, right? <laughs> burger ammo only shoots good with a tuner and, but yet it always has a low SD. Well, so, so that, but, but it was one lot. Did they figure out the magic recipe? Fuck no, because I got another lot and the SD was not, it was back to like 15. For that one, they had figured it out, right? For my rifle. Well, for a couple, for a couple rifles, for, for, for my precision carbine. Sweet. Um, I think that low SD stuff would, would be, you know, there's something to it, but then figuring out like, okay, is it worth the time and effort and money? I, you know, I, 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 I just, I just don't know. But all I know is that in this world, in this market where people are spending lots of money chasing results, the easiest redirect is to have a product that works so that you don't have to worry about that so that you could focus back on your results. And if it was the case that people had loading figured out, we would have all adopted it. And because we haven't, it means that we don't know it, but that doesn't mean we can't get to a good result by following the rest of us, right? Following the pack, being that middle of the pack, doing the trial and error, finding things that are pretty good, and then you tweak it. If it's just finding pretty good and tweaking it, you know, at this point, the best thing that I've ever seen is just simply doing that. Do what other people are doing to get good results and refine it from there and you'll save yourself time and money. But what we don't get with that is the ability to explain what's actually happening, right? But most of us don't really want to explain what's happening. We just want to be able to say like, look, when I do this with my bullets and powder, it shoots good out of my barrel. And then people don't really care if it shoots good out of your barrel until you go actually hit targets and not miss them. So at the end of the day, you got to be able to show it on the doll, right? Show me on the doll, show me on the target, believe the target, believe the bullet and, um, everything else, you know, is, is a total mystery, right? Or witchcraft. And, you know, I'm not saying that to be offensive to the religious people out there, but, but they are basically doing witchcraft, right? Um, you know, the, like hand loading is like this pagan ritual that, that has no rhyme or reason. It's just what we do because I was told, you know, on the full moon to pee on myself and dance around this fairy ring. And, you know, my BC is going to improve. And, uh, so anyway, now I ended up diverting away from, like you know a page worth of this email but but that's the tangent that i ended up on today and i'm going to talk about the specifics on the subcast so uh until then uh peace out and i hope everybody's having a good whatever this is saturday uh staying warm staying safe being psyched being happy and trying to make the world a 
better place and a welcoming place for shooters because uh, I think that's a good idea. If you want more, go to riflecraft.com, R-I-F-L-E-K-R-A-F-T.com and get a subscription. You get emails, you get targets, you get training ideas, you get added metrics. You're, we're, we're you know, working on more upgrades to the website on the subscription side. We're, we're actually going to probably eliminate the non-subscription side of the website and you get another podcast like this and that podcast is called the subcast and we talk about more stuff like this sometimes in more detail but certainly more often and so if you like consuming the straight dope podcast and you want to give back and support it and make sure that it continues to happen and you get perspectives that are different than just the industry pushed stuff uh then then that's a good place to do it and i appreciate those of you who are supporting Riflecraft and the subcast, and I understand that some of you can't, but I also think it's funny that um, so many people listen to this and 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 so few relatively actually support it. And so um, let's do something about that and go to riflecraft.com and get a subscription to show your support. You know, just like you support sponsors that support the matches that you go to, why not support the media? that you learn and get entertainment from seems like a no brainer to me, but yet, you know, you hear all this blasting on the internet about support. And then when push comes to shove, like I know who you are. Um, all right. Well, I'll see you on the subcast.